Good morning. Welcome to Energy Works. I'm Tanya Orsi and today we're talking about lusciously loving yourself. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? So this whole loving yourself bit thing to me has been quite a difficult thing to catch hold of and to to do. I I guess being in a large family, you you always have responsibilities and you feel that you're responsible for people's health and happiness and for, you know, how your whole place runs. So having that responsibility means that you are always checking on people and, you know, checking that they're okay, you know, checking on how things are going. And I think this checking on people becomes a bit of an obsession, I think, because you're, you know, wanting to make sure that your kids are happy, that they're doing all right. You want to make sure that they're that they're comfortable, that they're safe, that they're well. And, you know, when they're not well, uh, for me, I always find that you find that you're always trying to help them to have a better life. And so this lusciously loving yourself is about really taking time to care for yourself. And it's taking time to um, treat yourself in the way that you might treat, you know, your family or you might treat your work colleagues or you might treat other people as well. So learning to be able to give yourself time and space and not treating yourself in a bad way is kind of a hard thing to learn, I've found anyway. I know one of my friends talks about her friend has very strong boundaries and says, no, I'm not doing that, or yes, I'm going to do this. And she's, you know, very clear about what she wants to do and, you know, won't do anything that she doesn't want to do. My nature is more, you know, to be pacifying and to help people. And if I talk about my marriage, my husband's very straight. He um, is orderly, he's methodical, and he likes to get things done and, and, you know, make sure it's tidy and and organised. If something goes wrong, though, it's a little frustrating to him, whereas I'm fine with that and I'm used to things being like that. So he he will get frustrated with the things that don't work, but he will keep steadily plugging away at doing the basic things. You know, like if I'm fluffing around, he will, and he's doing it now, he's making the lunches. And, you know, whatever needs to be done, he just goes out and does it without any fuss. But he also knows when to draw the line and he takes himself out to play golf or he, you know, he'll decide that he wants to watch a movie or a show. And so he has very strong boundaries and knows what's good for him and he will, you know, go do it. So he also, though, is happy to give service and to, um, you know, do the right thing by others. So learning that balance of, like, taking care of yourself as well as taking care of others to me, is a little bit of an art. And so I think the other thing that ties in here is about, you know, how you want to feel or the things that help you to have joy. And so the the things that bring you joy, you know, can be, you know, going to have a massage or, you know, going for a bushwalk or, um, you know, seeing a movie with some friends or, you know, having an extra sleep or, you know, some of the things that we like to do are uh, important for us to organize and do so that we can enjoy the some downtime and enjoy time to uh, enjoy time to uh, recharge our batteries because when you know I think there are some people too that they can go out and give a lot and help a lot of people and make a big difference but then they need to go retreat back into their cave 
so that they are, you know, recharge their batteries again and have some quiet time and some downtime. For me, I'm often not conscious of that, and um, I might go out the front to, you know, get the the mail or take the rubbish bin, and then I will start picking bindies out of the lawn, and I might stay there for an hour. And so that, for me, is um, like a grounding time. So I may not plan it. But I think unconsciously I know that I need that quiet time or that connection back to Mother Earth, even if it is just through bindies. And so, you know, learning to understand what what does help you to feel good and to operate in a better way are these important things to do to take care of ourselves. And I think one of the hardest words to say is no, <laughs> The lady that I go to to work on myself, one time she was getting me to practice saying no, <laughs> and that was it was quite uncomfortable, I have to say, because my tendency is to say yes and to see how I can fit it in and and to do what I can, but then that leads to frustration because then I can get annoyed because I have too much to do and I feel pressured. So uh, it's learning to do what you need to do and to get that done but still learning to be able to say no and to carve out that just that little bit of space for yourself where you have time to recharge and you know when I had lots of little kids that's hard to do you know you, you almost have to make an appointment for someone to babysit and to be able to have that downtime when we had all those little kids my husband would say to me sometimes oh, you know, let's go out to dinner and I'd be like, oh, no, you know, then we have to get a babysitter and, you know, and in the end he'd get so frustrated with me that he would say, all right, I'm going. Are you coming? And, of course, I'd, you know, what am I going to say? No, I'm going to sit here and martyr. No, all right, I'm going. So I would go too and then we would go out and I would actually enjoy the time with him and think, oh, now I remember why I married you, I like you. And so even though that seems so silly, it would happen many times. And so it was hard for me to learn to set that side, that time aside and just do it. You know, I'm very grateful that my husband does that because he helps me to remember to do that. So, you know, if in your marriage or in your family or in your work or however it is or with your friends, you may uh, not always have time to, you know, think about what you need to do at the time. So some of these things need to be pre-planned. For me, I, I was doing work yesterday on, um, you know, on some planning and I've always been a person that likes to be a bit free and not be pinned down to time. And when we were sort of unpacking what that was, it was about, you know, having to do a lot of things and the planning was maybe doing things that my family wanted me to do rather than the things that I wanted to do. And so planning represented being pinned down. I'm learning now, though, planning doesn't necessarily mean pinned down. Planning means you you can allot times to do what you like to do. And so you almost need to schedule a planning meeting with yourself and to make sure that you do schedule in the time that you need to 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 help you to be a happy and joyful person because when you're so pressured it's hard to actually enjoy the things that are happening and often you miss the fun things and the good things because you're so concentrating on what what you need to do and and you know ticking all the boxes so you know there's nothing wrong with doing lots of things as long as you have that time carved out to take care of yourself. Now, 
if we talk about this taking care of ourselves, for some people taking care of themselves might mean having a nice soak in a bubble bath or it might mean, you know, lying in the sun for a little bit reading a book or it might mean having a little nap or for some people it might be going on a bushwalk or going in nature or going for a swim. So, you know, whatever it is that helps you to feel happier and more joyful and to actually appreciate life are the things that are important to help you to be able to be your best self and to actually enjoy yourself. So we do want to work on these things and clear some energy around this so that we're able to do it because often we understand these principles but actually allowing ourselves or making ourselves do it is very important. Now, there also someone mentioned in the, the group about being bullied. And so I think this kind of comes into play here too because sometimes people will bully us into doing things for them or to our detriment. And so this, this saying no and being able to set boundaries is vital. And often we're fearful if we say no that someone will be unhappy or something bad will happen if we haven't got everything covered and we'll bring up the feeling of having to prevent disasters from happening. And, you know, often when we start to feel this, oh, I have to prevent, have to save, I think we're slipping back into our past and the things that have happened in our childhood and the things that we feel like we have to prevent happening to our families because we had to endure these things. So it's important to check in when these things happen and work out, you know, who's talking. You know, if we were bullied at school, then it may be that we feel like we've got the bully around us and that we have to defend ourselves all the time. And so we have spoken before about the camp of fear and the camp of faith. And so in the camp of fear, there is only self-preservation and it's like you've got a sword and you're ready to fight anyone with that sword. So it's important then that we don't always live in that mode. Now, there are some times that we need our sword or we need you know, to be aware of the people who are around us. And so we need that capacity, but it's not healthy to be living in that mode all the time. You know, our adrenal glands are always on high, high alert and it's very hard to be relaxed and comfortable and to learn. So whenever you're in self-reservation, there is no learning and growth, it's only self-protection. So what else comes to mind as I talk about these, I had a, a client that was um, being bullied at work too, we got her to use an oil blend, a protective oil blend and the oil blend helped the persons that were bullying her to stop bullying her. So you could use an essential oil to help with your boundaries and the most obvious ones would be like there's an insect repellent blend and there's protective blend. And then there's also melaleuca you could use in that way. You might use ginger as the oil of empowerment. So I'm just going to look up from Kim's book, The Essential Oil Affirmations. If you don't have one of these, you should grab one. Let me know even if we need to post you on you get an electronic copy. They, they have so many beautiful affirmations. Okay, so I support my immune response daily with nourishing food, joyful movement, rest and stress management and a reduced toxic load to quell and repel invaders and clear out energetic debris. I think there's quite a few points brought up here that is important, isn't it? So having a good immune system is also important and is connected to being able to say no to bullies. So if we, we need to do all the things that we need to to 
to help ourselves be strong and to be healthy and to be able to say no. So our ability to say no is about our boundaries and it works on all levels, physically to bugs, you know, emotionally to people and spiritually to negative energy and and, and no to bullies. And people that are, are bullies want to force you to do things that they want you to do, whether you like it or not. So they have no respect of your boundaries or what you want. And the hardest thing to do is to say no. Now, I read a book one time, it was called um, Visions of Glory, and it's quite an in-depth book. It might appeal to some and not to others. And I've mentioned this story before, but there was a young man in there that, that was telling the story, and he was bullied continuously. Every day this kid at school would come and bash him up. And in those days they would say, oh, you know, boys are boys, you know, you'll you'll figure it out. And so he he got so frustrated that one day he just curled up his fist and, you know, gave his bully a punch in the nose. Now, two things happened from this. Once he actually faced the bully, he lost all fear. It's like, that's it. I'm not scared anymore of what anyone would say or do. And what happened was the other boy was being bullied by his father. And so when he stood up to this other fellow, he, this other fellow then was like, right, you can stand up to bullies. And he was able to stand up to his father, who left shortly afterwards. So this ability to stand up to the bully was actually helpful to the bully as well. So we feel often if we stand up to people or we stand up for ourselves to others that we will be doing bad things to them but actually not helping to show that we're not accepting what they're doing is actually very powerful for the bully as well and it's something that they need to learn mostly bullies have been bullied and they've operated in that way because they have been bullied themselves and don't know another option or another way to figure out how to do what they have to do and if we continue the bully theme, sometimes we bully ourselves and I can do that. I will feel sometimes that there is no option. I have to do this or I have to do that. Well, in my head I might feel that I have to, but really that's not true and if, you know, if I, and I have done it now, I'm getting better at it, but it has been a struggle to say, oh, look, actually I've got something on or I can't do that or I won't be able to come, I would love to. There was a line that someone gave me one time, I thought it was excellent. If someone, you know, is trying to coerce you into do, doing something, you say, oh, you may be right. And uh, or if they're trying to get you to agree with their point of view, you just have to acknowledge their point of view. And then what else can they say? You don't have to agree with them. You just say, well, you may be right. And the other thing to say is, or to have in play, which my husband and I agreed with at one stage, was people ask us to do things. Before we say yes, we'll have to say, oh, I have to check with my husband. Now, I don't need his permission, but it gives me the opportunity to say, well, do, do we really want to do this? You know, is it good for our family if we go to this activity? And that way we have a stopgap to allow ourselves to consider, well, what would be good and what wouldn't be good. So if you, you know, have someone that you check in with or, you know, just say that you, I have to check with my husband or I have to check with my family or have somebody that you're going to check in with so that you don't have to commit to anything until you're ready to commit to it and you don't have to say yes to everything. The other tool that you could use as well is when someone asks you something, you can say, well, I would love to do that. 
because you really would. You don't want to make them unhappy. But if I do that, then I won't be able to do this for my family or for myself. So um, unfortunately, I have to say no this time. So then they know that you really would love to do what they want you to do, but it's not quite the right timing. And, you know, we need to have these things in our back pocket to be able to say, you know, yes or no to, to people and what works best for us. Because if someone says no to you, you accept that and you say, oh, okay, and you, you move on. But some people are unwilling to accept that and so it's a kind of bullying. And it's not nice for you to say yes when your energy is saying no to you because then we're sending a mixed message as well, which is not helpful to people. Often we think that I can feel yuck inside and pretend it's okay on the outside. And some people might fall for it, but often not, and we can sense there's something not right. And so it's like a dishonesty in in a way by not being true to what we really feel and think and that's not a good signal to send to anybody. All right, so we'll clear a little bit of energy around this. So this chakra comes up, of course, because we're scared to say what we think or what's really truthful. The esophagus shows up here as well for the um, fish chakra and the larynx. All right, and often we can feel shut down and people that are... Maybe they're not bullies, but their strong personalities tend to know how to get people to do what they want. But, you know, it, it's important for us to be able to stand our ground and say, look, I really would love to, but I can't at this time, and to insist. All right, and saying what you think other people would like you to say is involved here too. And sometimes we got it totally wrong anyway, so it's important, you know, to really say the best thing that you can say and being honest and true sends out a much better signal to to those that you speak to and also to to the universe and also to the people around you and to your family because if we do that all the time then if we are able to practice being truthful then it really helps us to be able to to really step into our power and to step into our ability to get what we want from life all right i'm comfortable expressing my authentic self i substitute love, joy and peace for the old habits of addictions and abuse. And, you know, we can be addicted to saying yes and keeping other people happy. And we can be addicted to abusing ourselves and always sacrificing ourselves. And, you know, if we've done that all our lives and we stop doing it, some people are going to be pretty upset because they, you know, you, you used to do that for me or, I, you know, I could just get you to do things for me. But it's not a healthy thing for them to keep depending on you in that way. So it's now safe to express myself. All right, I'm confident in the healing power of love to open my throat for greater self-expression. Okay, the first chakra is involved here as well. And the first chakra is our, you know, our belonging and knowing how we fit in our tribe and our survival and our safety. Also, our organs are involved here. So organs are such as your adrenals and your kidneys because your adrenals actually live on your kidneys. And the rectum or the last part of your bowel or the colon can be involved here too. Poor boundaries can be involved in this first chakra because we're trying to work out how we fit in so we don't want to step on people's toes. So it's like we say yes to things that we shouldn't say yes to because we want people to like us and we want to know how we fit in. All right, so I'm safe comes up here. I know when to say no. I easily eliminate all that no longer serves me. 
And, you know, there are some, sometimes we have many things to do in our life and some of them we bring us joy and some of them don't. And I think I mentioned before, and I forget the poor lady's name, but there was a Japanese lady who wrote a book about decluttering your home and she talked about, you know, holding each possession and does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't, to get rid of it. And, and often, you know, I say, oh, no, Auntie Muriel gave me that and I can't let go of it. But, you know, when all is said and done, you could have a house full of clutter and not be happy. So give it to someone else that might bring might bring them joy. And I think you need to do that with every activity in your life, you know. Is what I'm doing bringing me joy? And if it's not, we need to get rid of it. Now, sometimes that's our work and we can't get rid of it straight away, but we need to start thinking about what sort of work we would do to help us feel joy in what we're doing. Like for me, a telltale sign is... Some of the things I don't want to do, I run late for um, and I can't make myself. Whereas when I have like Energy Works events, I'm there with bells on because I love doing that and I love being with my tribe and speaking to those people. So you can, you know, if you have trouble knowing, check into your feelings and feel what you're dragging yourself to that you need to not drag yourself to. And trusting, you know, that our feelings will help us to do what we need to do. Now, that's not to say that, you know, sometimes we need to do the hard yards. Sometimes we might need to do a detox for our body or our life or our home. And, you know, it's a bit hard to do that. But we know that the benefit that we will feel good after we've done it as we've eliminated the things that aren't working for us in our lives. So whether it's the toxins in our body or the toxic people around us or the toxic relationships that we need to you know, put a stop to or put boundaries on with the people that are very toxic that we can't avoid, we need to have like a contained way of dealing with those people where we actually like meet somewhere neutral. You know, they can't create a scene because you're out in public. So choosing ways to limit the damage is very helpful here. All right, now the aura comes up. So the aura is like this, you know, layer around you and it has many layers. It's also about like, it's part of our protective layer, I guess. And when we're feeling very good, the, the, the aura is large and spacious. When we're feeling not so good, it's like it comes right in and very close to us and it's like almost like a shell. And so now sometimes people want to latch onto us and it's like an unhealthy latching. So it's important then for us to not allow people to latch onto us in that way. And so it's acknowledging that that person, whoever's latching onto us, is like an energy vampire, and we need to hook them back to the source. They're taking a shortcut. They don't want to hook to the source themselves. They want to use our connection. And maybe that's okay for a while to support someone, but that's not okay long-term because they're not learning to connect themselves to the source. And so this is also part of, you know, lusciously loving ourselves that we connect to the source too so that we have that divine connection so that when we work on things and when we're going through life, we're listening to that inner voice and the divine voices that speak to us about, you know, what we need to do. You know, sometimes it's actually a physical voice that we hear or sometimes it's just a prompting that we feel. But we need to have had that time and space to be able to make that connection, to have that strong cord to our divine connection. And, you know, for some people, for me that represents, you know, saying a prayer morning and night and, you know, reading a little bit of scripture. For some people it's about listening to music. And there are times when I really enjoy 
spiritual music actually because it kind of helps my soul to feel peace or to feel um, that connection. So when other people are latching onto us, they can feel a nice feeling around us but they're not willing to make the effort to do what it takes to be able to be in that space. So, you know, we can encourage them and share with them ways to do it, but not allow them to just suck us dry. Now, this also has a generational problem on Dad's side and Dad's dad. And emotional repression comes in. Now, emotional repression can be that we don't say what we want to say, but it's also like what would we hate someone to know about how we're feeling. And, you know, again, we always talk about, you know, talking about people's actions. You know, often you can get away with murder if you talk about, you know, oh, when you do that, that really bothers me. I really like it when you do that. And then people have the option. Sticking to your guns when you say things like that. And every time they do the thing that you find annoying, that you remind them that that annoys you. And, you know, if they choose to still be annoying, well, you can remove yourself from the situation. All right, age 15 comes up. And a lot of people will laugh at that because uh, I think 15 is an age where you make a lot of decisions about what you feel and sometimes they're in conflict with your family and and sometimes even conflict with yourself. And so there's lots of pressure and stress, I think, from that age that can come that we that we often need to remove that baggage and some of the things that have happened are still stuck within our cells or in our tissues or our organs and so you know working on clearing these things from ourselves is an ongoing thing you know people say to me oh you know when will I be better this is an ongoing process of learning it's like you know can you only clean the fridge once no you have to do it every week because it ends up dirty So it's the same, you know, as we go through life, it's almost like we're being spattered with the things that attack us in life. And so we need to be able to cleanse, I guess, in a way, and to clean up. And so, you know, I myself go and have regular sessions done and I have good friends that help me regularly as well. And I I think this is a very healthy practice and the way to help us be able to clean up what's happened in our past and to forgive ourselves and to move forward because as we understand why we made those choices and who we were trying to keep happy, we can be more present now because we're not reverting to being 15 or being 5 or being whatever age we were where we were stuck and we felt we had to say yes. And this is important to understand these things and we don't have to live in the past but as the past raises its head we must address the things that come up and who's talking to us and whether we have to work with our inner child and you know allow that child to feel safe so they can allow us to be an adult. Alright now a little bit more generational stuff here from dad and also dad's mum and it goes back even further eight, eight generations and a group of women and the feeling that's stuck in the genes is anger. And sometimes we can feel very angry and we might not even know why we're feeling angry. In my case, I had been quite angry and when we kind of unpacked that, there was fear behind it. And so anger can be a way that we use to deal with our fears. And a bit more from that same line, but just Dad's mum herself and low self-esteem is coming up now. Now, when we work on this generational stuff, we have to understand that the people that went before us love us and know us. And even though we may not remember them now, when we die, we will know them. And we will know that they have been helping us. And they want us to be clear and to be able to live their life in a manner that they're free of the the things that they've carried, that we carry from them in our genes. 
And we know too, like this, we tend to think this emotionally, but physically we know that's true too because there's a lot of work coming up now about DNA faults and they call them SNPs and it's um, what they are, polymorphisms. So it's where the DNA bases aren't pairing together well and so these can have an emotional component too but also can physically affect how our body processes different vitamins and minerals and these defects can affect mental health, they can affect gut health, they can affect our immune system and so you know working on the generational problems that we have is very powerful as well and emotionally it's very freeing and often it will be when we feel a feeling and we can't understand why we feel a feeling then you need to get yourself to somebody that does energy work so that you can understand what it is that your body is really telling you and when it doesn't make sense often it is generational and the more you get used to that the more you can understand when it's a generational thing and you can release the things that are behind it and if I say why do I have such great boundaries that's nice and strong I am bullyproof, and even though I may feel scared, I am strong enough to deal with a bully that's strong. All right, a little bit more generational stuff hiding in here. Mum's stuff this time. Mum's mum. And a little bit more from Dad. Dad himself. And fear is stuck in the genes. And sometimes when we're fearful or if our back's to the wall, we might do things that we might not normally do. You know, maybe make poor moral choices or make poor money choices or make poor health choices. And so, you know, when we feel that our back's to the wall, that's when we might not eat so well. Oh, I'm so pushed for time, let's just go to Macca's. And we will do that because it will be easy and, you know, it will be a kind of shortcut. And, you know, sometimes that might be the right thing to do. But if you're finding that that's happening a lot, then, you know, there's something not right. And we're not valuing ourselves enough to treat ourselves well with healthy food. And it's very hard to feel good and healthy and clear spiritually if your body is full of junk. And if you're craving sugar and craving junk, then we need to look at what nutrients you're missing or how you're not fulfilling your body's needs. So good fats actually help your body to feel satisfied. There's a lot of talk about coconut oil. Now some people can't tolerate coconut oil so they might need to use a different oil or use seed oils rather than nut oils or you know other oils but we need to have good fats in, in our body to feel that satisfaction and actually our body makes all our hormones from, from cholesterol so high cholesterol means often that our diet is poor and usually it's actually sugar handling that affects the cholesterol even more so when we eat um, too many bad carbohydrates and our, our blood sugar spikes up and we can't burn our fat, our hormonal balance goes out the window. So we know that that's involved and often the cholesterol will go up. So the cholesterol we need, but we need that pathway to work so that we use it to make hormones and make the, the necessary things uh, rather than it ending up in our arteries. So if we're craving sugar then we need to look at you know what minerals we're missing and sometimes it's like a literal thing you know not having the sweetness in life and so again we're not lusciously loving ourselves if we're feeling that life is very bitter and that we want to eat sweet things all the time to sweeten up our life. So again we need to do this discarding and start to clean up our life and clean up our diet and clean up all the things in our life that aren't really working for us and to be a bit more present about what we're doing and not just doing things out of habit because we've always done it. It comes to mind one um, lady that did energy works with me and her father 
was um, quite abusive, and um, he was a you know a well-known person. And but when he would come to visit her family, her children, and her, he would almost speak to her in the third person, and was very rude to her. And she kept inviting him over for dinner because she wanted her children to have a connection with him. But it was at great expense to herself. So in the end, she stopped inviting him and she decided that if he wanted to have a relationship with her children, that he needed to make the effort and that she it wasn't up to her to do all the work. And so she stopped abusing herself in that way and only sees him, you know, when they when he chooses really to see her rather than her feeling this guilt of, oh, I should and, um, you know, maybe you can set aside a time once a week or a couple of times a week to do duty and things that you feel you should do, but, you know, not taking up your whole life, that you don't have a life. I had another client come in the other day and I know the family well and the mother is a beautiful woman but and she helps everybody and she's so kind and loving, but she kills herself. Her daughter came in and she was saying, oh, I'm getting resentful and, you know, it's not right to force yourself and... You know, we talked about with her too about making that time for visiting relatives because her mum saying, oh, you should be visiting this auntie and you should be doing this person and you should be doing that person. And she was getting snowed under by that. So we talked about making a time and and I suggested to her, say, well, mum, I've got, you know, I'm putting aside this time to visit people. Who would you like me to visit? And so that she's putting it to her mum to make the decision of who she should visit and not feeling that she has to visit all of them. And so, you know, learning to be able to work out times and ways to still protect ourselves and to be able to still take good care of ourselves and love ourselves and do the things that are part of our duty without feeling like our life is all duty. And that's not a healthy way to live at all. And, you know, if we have children, would we want our children to live that way? No, we wouldn't. So we have to set the example and we have to take care of ourselves and, you know, set aside times to do the things that are duties and maybe not pleasant, but not to make that all our lives and that we still have that time set aside to take care of ourselves. And I don't know about you, but my tendency would, if if um, someone needs help, that I might give up my time. So I'm trying to be stronger at that and saying no on the times that I'm keeping for myself, which are minimal. All right, so a little bit more generational stuff here, mums. And so, you know, breaking the patterns, breaking these generational patterns is really important. You might use white fur oil here. That's about generational patterns. And also there is Douglas fur that you might use that helps um, to you to hear the generational wisdom because sometimes our families have wisdom that we... We have learnt over the times and if we can keep the good part, the wisdom of our families, but reject the things that are bad habits and negative patterns, then we help clean up not only our environment but our family environment and our gene pool. All right. So I hope then that you, from this clearing today, that you do take the time to work out when is your time for fun and when is your time for you know, family duties and you know to have that schedule. Not that you're so scheduled that there's no room, but there is room for you to have what you need. So on that note, I'd like to wish you a wonderful day. Thank you for those that have joined in live and put comments in. And so grateful to for your support and to have you in my tribe. It brings me great joy to spend time with you.
So on that note, have a wonderful day and lusciously love yourself, really. Okay. Bye.